Well, hello, Grace Point. It's, uh, it's, it's been, uh, been fun for me. I've been anxious all week, not anxious, but excited all week to, to teach. I've had a nice, nice end of the summer and the beginning of September break. So now y'all stuck with me for a while, so just deal with it. Uh, last Sunday, we, we just really had a big uh, launch of our next ministry year with game day. And that was a fun Sunday, but I just want to say I, I was so blessed, so encouraged so proud of, of our church, of so many people signing up to get into a Bible study, signing up to get into a life group and build relationships, signing up to serve somewhere in church. So we just, can we just thank God for all those people that signed up? So, so encouraged. Now that, signing up is a great first step, but let me encourage you. Now show up. <laughs> Anybody can put their name down, but now show up. Uh, the, these uh, Bible studies are waiting for you. Uh, places of service are waiting for you. New friends are waiting for you. Well, today we begin a 10-week series from the book of Genesis called Timeless Truths. Timeless Truth. Truth. So we're, we're going to be looking at God's redemptive plan played out in stories of real people who really existed. And, and God's plan to, to bring his creation back to its original purpose. That's really the story of the Bible. But we're going to look at all these timeless truths that really kind of reveal the nature of God, of who God is, and the heart of God in, in, these, in, this, in this book. As we begin today, I'm just, I'm just thinking about all the technology that we have at our fingertips. Information, education, uh, pictures, uh, all sorts of things to, to capture and to examine earth and our universe. All that technology, all that information. And it's amazing to me that so many smart and intelligent people believe, and a lot in our culture believe, that out of all the complexity on earth and in space, all the complexity, they believe that that complexity was birthed out of chaos. And smart, intelligent people believe that at all the order that we see everywhere we turn on life on earth and at what we are learning out in our universe, all that order, people believe that that order was birthed out of disorder. And our earth and our universe, smart, intelligent people believe that all that we see is just an accident. It's an act of random chance. And our culture, even more, by the day, by the month, by the year, believe that if someone believes in a creator God, believes that there was an intelligent be, uh, being behind the intelligent design. That anybody who believes that is lacking in intelligence, is deficient in knowledge, is inferior in their mental approach to, to life and the, and, exert, and, and the universe. And people, many, many more, actually more people in my life to now believe in our country that if you believe in God, you're just taking a, an empty, blind leap of faith. I actually believe, personally, I believe that it takes more faith to believe that out of all the complexity that that came out of chaos and all the order came out of disorder, that everything that we see and experience and touch and examine is just 
a random chance. I believe that it takes more faith to believe that. So we're going to start today about creation. Now, th- this mindset, this, this perspective, this philosophy, this worldview when it comes to whether there's a creator of God or not, but th- this mindset that we're experiencing in our culture is nothing new. In fact, in the first century, uh, the, the Roman culture was believing and acting out very similar to today. And, and, and Paul writes in Romans chapter 1, it says they, the people at that time, and it's also, I believe, us in our culture today, they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the creator. That first century mindset and philosophy and worldview is similar to today. But if you would back up a few verses in Romans, we get a little hint. We get a little explanation about God. It says a couple of verses earlier, it says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, right, his eternal power and divine nature, those two things, invisible qualities, have been clearly seen, being understood from not books, you know, not, not classes, not, 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 not on universities. These two invisible qualities of God have been seen and can be understood from what has been made. And I would say created. So that people are without excuse. God's creative design and his divine nature is shouting at mankind. And we have a chance to know, personally know, this creator God. If we just look at the evidence all around us, we can understand who God is. And that's where we're going to begin this timeless series, timeless truth series. Turn to Genesis chapter 1. If you're new to Bible study, it's the easiest chapter to find. It's the very beginning, all right? We're going we're gonna to start this series and really take a closer look at who God is and the nature of God and, and looking at the creation story today to do this. Now, I'm going to read the entire chapter of 1 and a few verses of chapter 2. So if you have a Bible, you can follow along with me. If you don't, you can look at lower thirds below me. It says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it, and it was so. And God called the vault sky, and there was evening, and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered in one place, and let the dry ground appear, and it was so. God called the dry ground land. And the gathered waters he called seas. And God said, God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it according to their various kinds. And it was so. 
The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in in according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years. And let them be lights in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made stars. God set them in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning, the fourth day. God said, let the water teem with living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living thing Uh, with which the water teems and that moves uh, about in it according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the water in the seas. Let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds. The livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, uh, among, along the ground, and the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. And God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was what? Good. Then God said, let us, picture of the Trinity, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. To all the beasts of the earth and all the birds of the sky, all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw that all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God was finished. God had finished the work he had been doing, so on the seventh day he rested from all of his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating, creating that he had done. He had done. Now the first description of what was going on on earth in Scripture, it described earth as being dark and a wasteland, an empty, void 
wasteland, but from darkness came beauty. That's the pattern of God. From darkness came beauty. And the very first recorded words from God is very important. If you're new to Bible study, it's called the principle of the first. The principle of the first, meaning the first time something is mentioned, there's usually a picture from God surrounding it. It's important. So the first words of God are important. When God said, let there be light. And he said, and it was so. Let there be light. Now that picture in those words, God is painting a broader picture beyond physical light on this physical earth. God was also giving us a picture of light in the spiritual realm. That mankind has been born in darkness, but through God can be delivered into the light. And in the Gospel of John, John was inspired by, by the Holy Spirit to, to write about Jesus. And he's like, how do I put into human words what, he says, what I have seen for myself, what I have experienced. Let me, let me try to d- explain in, in human words, Jesus, the Son of God. And there's picture in the description of Jesus that is in line with Genesis 1 and 2. John says this, in the beginning was the Word, capital W. Jesus is the Word. He's the one who spoke in Genesis. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And he was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Uh, Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Verse 9, it says, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Verse 14, the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. You see, ever since the beginning, light has always defeated darkness. Light has always and continues to always defeat darkness. You go into a completely black room, strike a single match, and light wins. And that was a picture of darkness becoming light, becoming beauty out of the darkness. And it was all because of God, specifically Jesus, speaking the words, let there be light. And then when he came, he was the light of the world. If you're taking notes today, the central point is this. The wow and wonder of creation demonstrate the nature of God. When you understand the wow and the wonder of creation, you understand it's given us pictures, it's given us clues, it's given us hints of the very nature of God. And God wants us to be wowed and wondered by his creation because it is manifesting the nature of God. It is demonstrating the nature of God. So I'm going to put some pictures on the TV of the wow and the wonder of creation See, there's wow and wonder whenever someone sees the northern lights. 
You just you have to just stop and say, wow. You ever wonder, how is this happening? It's amazing. Then there's the wow and wonder of the, what is called the butterfly nebula. They captured Hubble telescope, captured, took pictures of the end of a star. And even the explosion of the end of a star is wow, wonder. There's a wow and wonder in the newly discovered, recently discovered cartwheel universes. These are two different pictures of the same new, brand new universes that are out there. And it's like it's a cartwheel. And at different times of the night, it's different colors. Wow. The wow upon wow, wonder upon wonder of our creator God. Then there's this, the wow and wonder of the star, uh, star fields of the veil nebula. This out in space, the gases and mixed with light. There's wow and wonder. And then you come into, onto, onto planet Earth. There's the wow and wonder of the brilliant colors down beneath where the great barrier reef is. This is just describing the nature of God. That God likes to show off. God is very colorful. God is very creative. God is hilarious in his creation. It's just, if you ever done snorkeling and you get down there, you see all these brilliant colors, you're like, you want to say, but your mouth is covered. It's like, wow, the wonder of God. For me, I, I never get over the majestic flight of a bald eagle. And we have some that fly around showing off in Kitsap County. And every time I'm like, I got to pull over and see the bald eagle. And that's one of, the, one of the great things God has created. Then there's the royal stature of the redwood forest. Oh, if you have not had that on your bucket list, you got to put it on. you got to say, like, wow, God. He's incredible. A little taste of God's creation. Then there's the wow of a waterfall. And it just causes us as human beings to stop and look and be wowed and wondered. Then there's the imposing power in a night storm. Again, God is just showing off. Like I got, that's just a glimpse of God's power. Wow. Wonder. And then there's the intimidation factor of how God designed the Siberian tiger. Again, God just showing off of I'm going to paint this little, this creature that's going to be deadly, but it's the wow wonder of God. And then there's just the wow and wonder of the serenity of a, a sunset. It just causes us to go, ah, as you're watching the sunset. See, the wow and wonder of creation demonstrates the nature of God. And that's why the psalmist said, said this, that the whole earth is filled with awe at your wonders, God. We would change that, that awe with wow. The whole earth is filled with the wow at your wonders. Wow upon wow, wonder upon wonder. His creation demonstrates the nature of God. Now, back up, going back in chapter 1, before God spoke, the earth was empty. It was dark, it was void, it was a wasteland. But then God spoke. And at creation, four important things show up. The creation has given us, it shows and displayed God's order, God's design, God's purpose, and God's structure. 
that there was an order. Things were done on this day, and then on this day, and then on this day. And, and the order had a design, meaning there was a plan. And that plan had a purpose, a specific purpose. And all of it works together in a structure. It's an organized in such a way that it all fits together. See, that's the nature of God. God is a God of order. God is a God of design. God has a purpose for that design. And God has structure that makes it all fit together. That is the nature of God. A little glimpse, a little picture of God. But we experience this all the time. See, you and I weren't there when God spoke and he created everything. Now, for me, I, I, I believe that when God spoke, it happened. It didn't take millions of years. I, don't, I think my God is so powerful and mighty that he can just speak it and bam, it's there. You know, a, a full forest and full animals in the ocean and stuff. God doesn't need to wait around like, I, I just want to wait and wait and wait for it to happen. But we, we weren't there. But we, we see this played out all the time. Now, let me, let me walk you through a list of amazing things that are created by human beings and they are brilliant, they are classics, they are acknowledged and revered because they have order and a, a design and a purpose and a structure that all works together. You see, when the, there is great art, classic literature, an incredible composition, a composed piece of music, they are Amazing. Why? Because they were created. All those masterworks are created with order, a design, a plan, a purpose, and structure. It all fits together. You see, when I, when I read a book and I'm like, I cannot understand this author. I don't know where he's going. That doesn't make sense. What do I do? I toss it. It's not worth my time. But then there's, there's classic literature that you, you just can't get enough. They're painting amazing pictures and it all fits together. Same thing with art, same thing with, with music. It, it, it kind of enraptures us. And it's a beautiful creation just like the way God creates. Great teachers have a classroom with all this. Great teachers just don't exist by accident. They have order, design, purpose, and structure in their classroom. Great coaches are great because of all these things. There's a plan and purpose and everything's scheduled out and there's ev everything's thought through. A successful business has these four things. Successful businesses aren't just, oh, well, that, he got lucky. Maybe, you know, the wave of, of interest, but a successful business has these things. Great leaders have this, a part of who, how they lead. And a great marriage and a healthy family have order, design, purpose, and structure. Why are we seeing these things that are kind of all around us? And the engineers in the room, you, you get this. You, you're already way ahead of us. Why? Why do we see this all around in art and writing and literature and engineer and building and classrooms and coaches and, and, and marriage and family? 
because we were created in the image of God. And this is the nature of God, and we catch some of this, and we are just playing out the image of God. Have you ever thought about that before? It's interesting, and it's important to note, a, a certain word shows up multiple times in cha- excuse me, chapter 1. It's the word separated. God separated. It's in verse uh, 3, it's in verse 6, in verse 7, verse 14, verse 18, where God specifically, God strategically separates. All right, he separated light from darkness. He separated water from water. It's like there's atmospheric water and there's terrestrial water, and God says, I need a vault, I'm going to call that sky. God separated. God separated day from night. So let me unpack that a little bit. See, God, God's work of separation displays the beauty of divisions and distinctions. Maybe you've never thought about that before. There is beauty of what God strategically has separated. There is beauty. I'm so glad that God has separated and gave a, a division and distinction of heavens and earth. That there's beauty when you look at the galaxy and the pictures are coming back, you know, from these incredible pictures. And we're just barely touching, touching the universe. And when we see these amazing galaxies, we mainly see, we see these nebulas of, of gas and light and, and the, you know, the bursts of, of stars. We go, whoa, I'm glad there's a distinction. I'm glad those things aren't exploding here on, on planet Earth. There's distinctions. There, there's d- divisions. And there's beauty in that. And then you you start seeing pictures and movies of planet Earth. It is beautiful. It's beautiful because God has separated it. God gave divisions and distinctions on purpose. I'm glad that there's, there's a beauty in the difference and the distinction of day and night. And you see the beauty of a sunrise from darkness. And here comes the sun. And then you see the beauty of it setting in the west. And then the, dark, the light begins to get darker and darker. And all of a sudden you see stars popping out. And then you see the moon. And there's beauty. But God gave strategically, on purpose, division, distinctions. We are now beginning a new division called fall. How many of you have smelled the scent of fall, okay? I'm not like go up to, not saying go up to pumpkins and smell them, all right? And the pumpkin spices and everything these days. But it's the, there's now a difference and a distinction, all right? I, I love summer, but now there's fall, and then there's winter, and when it's white, it's like, whoa, that's so beautiful. And then there's spring, please, can we get warm again? And things grow again, and like, oh, Lord, please make summer happen faster on July 5th. And we go through all these these seasons, right? And, and then when I lived in Southern California, and I love California, my home, my home state in Southern California, celebrating Christmas in 85 degree weather was, didn't feel like Christmas. There's beauty in divisions and, dis, and distinctions. There's beauty in distinctions of land and sea. And there's God designed Divisions and distinctions between animals and humans. 
And there is beauty in that division and distinction that God ordained. And Satan has been hating it ever since. See, Satan, you know, when, you know, it goes everything against God. And when God looked and said, that's good, that's good, that's good. In fact, it's all very good. That's where Satan goes on the attack. And in 1859, Charles Darwin published his theory of evolution. And the whole globe has been captured by that. He said, no, 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 no. Animals and humans, we're all the same species. That's an offense to a creator God. That God created animals and said, that is good. And then God said, let us make mankind in our image. Don't be fooled that we're one and the same. There's beauty in those divisions and distinctions. There is beauty in the division and distinctions of male and female. As a man, I'm always wowed and wondered, wow, God, you made woman. I married one, and we have three daughters. Wow. And I'll forever be in wonder. Why? Why is there unwritten rules of you can't wear certain colors certain times of the years? The wow and wonder. And she has the same wow wonder, like, why, wow? I never smelled that before. Wow. <laughs> wonder. And in the last 10 years, Satan's been on the war path to say, no, there's no division and distinction. And you can choose however you feel like. And that is really sad for someone to be that confused. And let me just remind you, that is coming from the enemy and not from God. God said, no, there is male, there is female. There are two genders, not 48 and counting. And the 48 and counting, what is it producing? Everything against God, against order, against unity. Against, it's all confusion because that's from the enemy. See, the wild wonder of creation just demonstrates the nature of God, nature of God. Now, with this whole male and female, let me just share this, that when God created human beings and he created it in his image, it's the crowning work of God's creation. Now, let's not get cocky because just look in the mirror in the morning, you go, okay, well, I'm not sure that's crowning. Um, but when God, God created this, this is good, this is good, this is good, but then he said, let us now something new, make mankind in our image. That, that's the, cra the crowning jewel of the work of God's creation. In, in Colossians chapter 1, is the, we went through this at summer camp with the students, it's all about Jesus and who Jesus is. In Colossians it says this, that for in him, in Christ, all things were created. So when next time you read Genesis 1-1, in the beginning God, Colossians and, and John chapter 1 says this. You can insert Jesus' name there. In the beginning Jesus created all things. And then he goes on to say, all things were created by him and for him. All things were created for him, by him and for him. And when, when we understand that we are created, physically created, by Jesus, it's the crowning jewel of his creation, by him, that means our life has value. 
Our life has value because we are created by the creator. In Psalm 139, it talks about in the womb, God is assigning and giving DNA and, and crafting everyone. Every single one of us are uniquely designed and one of a kind. And by him, that gives our life value. And for him, that means that gives our life purpose. That we were designed by God and also for God, by Christ and for Christ. And now it gives us purpose. That Okay, Christ, you assigned uh, all these features to me. You, you, you crafted me in the womb. And you, you have a plan for my life. You have a purpose for my life. And when we understand what that purpose is, we, we, our insecurities crash to the floor. If we can keep our eyes on Jesus, turn our eyes upon Jesus and how he has gifted you and created you and designed you unique and one of a kind. It changes your purpose. And now my purpose is to glorify my creator. And, and my purpose is to understand my creator more and more. What, what, these answers the two, the two biggest questions that human beings have always struggled with. Why am I here and what am I here for? You were created by Jesus, by him and for him. It has been said, and I saw this when I researched this about three weeks ago, it has been said that all prayers can be broken down into three essential prayers. All prayers. Three essential categories. Thanks, help, and wow. Thank you for, help me with, and wow, God. Every single time I see Mount Rainier, I go, wow. God, look at what you've done. You're amazing. Wow. Three prayers. Thanks, help, and wow. You see, when God created the heavens and the earth, and God created everything, and there's wow upon wow and wonder upon wonder, his wow and his wonder draws human beings toward himself. It's dr it draws human beings. So wait a second, there is someone so much larger, so much bigger, so much higher than me. And it's wow. And we, his, his creation draws human beings toward him. And when we're drawn toward God, not toward creation, but the creator, that we, we pray, we cry out, we, 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 there's something that God has put into our DNA to yearn for a relationship with, and he is willing and wanting us to have a relationship with him. And not only when we, we pray, but we worship. That's where worship comes from, when we understand who God is and what he has done. And we live in this globe, in one of the most beautiful sections in, in, in the entire earth, never take it for granted. I, now I do I pray for my attitude when it rains and rains and rains and rains and rains, okay? But then when it's, when it's not, it's like, wow, God. That's why Psalm 8, the psalmist couldn't help himself. He's talking to God. God, when I consider your heavens, right, the work of your fingers, the moon, the stars which you have set in 
its place. God put them there. That's the wow. When I look at that, wow. Look at your, look what your fingers did. Then here's the wonder. What is mankind that you are mindful of them? What is human beings that you care for them? That's the wonder. Wow, God, look what you've done. But I wonder, you know us. The Bible says he knows every one of you by name. He captures every tear in a bottle. He knows how many hairs you have on your head. Some of you, it's a, less, a smaller number. <laughs> God intimately knows everything about you. Wow, but then the wonder, he's, he's like, who are we? That you are mindful of us, your thoughts are on us, you care for us. If you understand the creator, God, you cannot help but go wow and wonder that he wants a relationship for us. As we begin this journey in Genesis, it's all about what God created, his destruction, and God's redemptive pursuit of a relationship with every single one of us. Would you pray with me? God, we just say thank you. Thank you for, for being a creator, God. Thank you of, uh, of all your just display of color and, and majesty and intimacy and the de fine details. God, thank you for your order. Thank you for your design, and your design is, has a purpose. And God, thank you that's all structured together to work. God, you are an amazing wonderful God. And God, thank you that you want a relationship with us. And God, we say wow for all that you have done. So Lord, as we begin this series, Lord, help us to understand these are real people with real situations, but God, you are a creator God who has been pursuing mankind ever since the fall. And we give you praise. In Jesus' name we say, Amen. I cannot help, we have to close this service with one of my all-time favorite songs, How Great Thou Art. Let's stand and worship God. <clears throat>
Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art. And when I think that God is Son not sparing, Send him to die I scarce can take it in That on the cross My burden gladly bearing He bled and died To take away my sin Then sings my soul My Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. Shouts of acclamation and lead me home. What joy shall fill my heart? Then I shall bow in humble adoration and there proclaim, My God, how great thou art. I just reminded many of you just how great God is. Amen. 
And I pray that even those who are watching or in the room that you, you, you don't have a relationship with God yet, well, God's pursuing you. And, and, he, and he, he, he loves you. And he wants a relationship with you. And that's what we're all about here is how people to meet, know, and follow Jesus. So if you have any questions about meeting Jesus, uh, please come forward at the end and we'll, 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 we'll talk you through it and introduce you to God. If you're our guest today, thank you for being with us today. We just ask that you go to guest services. We have a gift waiting for you. And as we leave today, I just want to re remind you that, that we have a night of worship on Friday at 7 right here. And I tell you, if you haven't been to one of our uh, worship uh, nights of worship, the National team has led, you're, you really have missed out. It is a worship concert to one, to God himself. So I encourage you to come and experience that of just worshiping and praising the God of the universe. May God bless you. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next week. Have a great day.